0: Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every week I'm joined by creators, consultants and practitioners who share what makes their business work. Whether you run your own business or you're just thinking of stepping out on your own for the first time, you're in the right place. If you're new to the podcast, then welcome along. Just take a second now to subscribe in your podcast player so you don't miss new episodes and you can dig into some older ones when you finish this one. If it's your first time joining us, Then you'll probably want to join our Facebook group. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. Personal branding is really important for the online entrepreneur. Maintaining your visibility, letting people know who you are and what you do are foundational to any kind of business success. In this episode, I'm joined by Lauren Davis. Lauren was a guest about a year ago and is the winner of the most downloaded episode of 2019. Lauren is my go-to Instagram advisor, and in this episode she breaks down exactly what you need to do to make Instagram start working for you. So, welcome along, and let's meet Lauren. So this week on the podcast, my guest is Lauren Davis. Lauren's been on the podcast before, and hopefully you've listened to that episode, and if you haven't, shame on you. <laughs> um, Lauren, welcome to the show.
1: I'm so happy to be back. Thank you for having
0: me. So I have some specific things I want to talk to you about, uh, but we'll come to that. But do you want to maybe start just like everybody else does? Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do.
1: Sure, I am Lauren Davis, I, which you already said. I am living in the Chicago area, specifically Rockford, Illinois, in the US. And I work really closely with personal brands and thought leaders. Um, and small businesses and events to create uh, branding and digital marketing online for them and kind of create some excitement around those things and, and draw lots of attention to them. So I kind of help people one-on-one decide how to bring more attention to their events or I help them one-on-one ha- on how to um, bring more attention to their personal brand.
0: I think when I watch you work, and I'm, I'm in Scotland, You're in Chicago. I know you travel all over to events, but I get to watch the fruits of your work and it's really entertaining. Thank you. It's very interesting to get to watch the world through your eyes through, because for example, you were at um,
1: Talent Development um, Think Tank.
0: Yes, the Talent Development Think Tank. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Yes. Um,
1: (laughs) That was last week. And I, I guess what was interesting was or what I really like doing is trying to find those moments that people wouldn't think of otherwise. So, you know, you think, okay, I'm ta- I'm standing here with this person. Maybe we should take a picture. But when you're in the moment and you're a conference organizer or you're a, a, a thought leader or a speaker, you might not be thinking of those moments like, okay, maybe we should do a selfie right now. Maybe we should take a picture. Maybe this behind-the-scenes moment where I'm getting mic'd up would be – you know, they might not think of those things as social media moments or moments to create a presence around their brand. And so that's kind of like the fun stuff for me is like seeing those moments or trying to spot them and kind of becoming that speaker or that um, the conference organizer's best friend for the weekend. And while I follow them around and hang out with them and uh, spot those little fun moments.
0: But those are the things that really sell the conference. I mean, I am never going to go to a a human resources. yeah <laughs> I wanted to go to that conference.
1: That that's what um. we heard from lots of people was uh afterwards was like, oh wow, that the conference seemed like it was just blowing up on social media. I definitely need to be there next year. And so the conference organizers and I were all giving each other high fives, like, yes, we did this. <laughs> we did it.
0: So you and I met at Chris Tucker's Upreneur conference and I think we've, that was just over a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I don't even know how long it was.
1: It was two Novembers ago.
0: Yeah, and I've kind of been watching what you do since then and how it's evolved. What, for, from your perspective, has been the biggest change in your business between now and then?
1: Um, a couple of years ago, I, I was really much more focused in design, uh, graphic design, which I think has i am thankful for that background because with my design business it was able to like kind of give me a great design eye when i'm taking photos or when i'm creating things for these different personal brands or conferences or events um so i think going from thinking of myself as a graphic designer who did you know jobs here and there Um, but who is looking more into the personal brand uh, field or lane, I would say, moving from that to creating a presence around my own personal brand, elevating myself to the level that I want, that I always aim to elevate my clients to, and then creating services and packages out of that thing that was super close to me that I knew that I had, um, you know, some talent in, but also – wasn't sure how to make that into part of my business. You know, using that that magic that was laying very close to me, I think that's really, that's how my business has changed dramatically over the last couple of years. Packaging up those things that are really close to you. And I think we all have those things. Like we don't really, sometimes it takes us a while to figure out what that thing is that is our natural talent that we love to do and would love to do the rest of our lives.
0: I think it's been really interesting as well. I, we speak fairly frequently. Yeah. Um, and I listen to your advice, particularly around Instagram, but it applies across everything, really. If you're trying to build a personal brand, and if you are a small business practitioner, contractor, a creative, creator of any kind, you are a personal brand, whether you know it or not, whether you accept it or not, and you are responsible for it. Um, And the people that you work with embrace that, they understand it, that they have to invest in their personal brand, the same way Microsoft invests in its corporate brand in order to achieve any kind of market penetration or visibility.
1: Right, Um, and I think that, you know, people um, want to sometimes hide behind, not hide, but they wanna stay behind their brand name because they feel maybe like they're not interesting enough to build a brand around themselves but you are so interesting to somebody else like no it doesn't matter who you are some whatever you're thinking in your head the way you perceive things the way you do your business the way that you have organized your systems everyone wants to hear it from somebody and that somebody might be you you know and so that's what I sometimes um, I would say sometimes the personal brands that I work with don't Get it right away. They're not sure why why they need that, but they've seen me work. They've seen me do it for someone else, and they're like, "Okay, I'm willing to get trust you and give this a try." And the results are just pretty phenomenal. Um, and it really mm. has it has less to do with me, and it has everything to do with that person and the impact that they ha- that they can make on the world if they just you know. Um, put their personal brand in the forefront.
0: And a lot of the time, this isn't... We're not talking technical stuff. We're not talking creative stuff a lot of the time. It really is just mindset.
1: Yeah, and documenting. Just documenting, you know, the day in the life of someone who is planning a conference. Documenting the day in the life of someone who's about to give a keynote at the biggest social media conference in the U.S. Like, there's, you know, day in the life of... um someone who is about to go speak to their local business group in their hometown. It just, it really, you know, everything can be documented in a, in a way that you can bring that to your audience and they can relate to you on a much more human and personal level.
0: Mm. So which, I mean, you go to a lot of conferences, which one has really stood out for you in the last year?
1: Ooh. Hmm. Uh,
0: And I mean, from your perspective, having sort of, worked there
1: okay well gosh
0: not which of you think is the best conference but which one have you enjoyed the most i guess
1: um i think i okay so i'm gonna give you a couple and a couple different reasons i love youpreneur chris ducker and team ducker errs and chloe and everyone that works on that team does such a phenomenal job at building a community in London at Upreneur. And that's the thing that I love so much about that conference. Like, the whole conference is flawless, but the thing about that conference is that you build friends that feel like family. You know, that's how we met, and I I truly feel like I could talk to you about almost anything, and we're just business contacts, but that's the kind of community that Upreneur builds, and that's what I love about that conference. Um, Another standout one to me this year was Todd Herman's Performance Con. And it was a smaller conference, so I'd say maybe 250 people, um, maybe 200. I guess it's not super small, but it's you know not 6,000 people. And it was um, they he had very very gr- great speakers um, like Mike, the author who wrote Profit First, spoke Sunny Leonard Doozy spoke, um, you know Travinia Mike Kim. All of these these people spoke, and they did an amazing job. Um, but what was really interesting – oh, and Chris Ducker spoke there as well. But what was interesting to me was at, when the speakers weren't speaking, they were sitting in the audience watching the other speakers. And a lot of times at conferences, that doesn't really happen. And I think what that says about that conference is that um, Todd Herman brought in like some really high-caliber speakers that – the, the speakers that were speaking next even wanted to hear from they wanted to sit in the audience and learn from and um you know learn different things from those speakers i thought that was really interesting and he had delicious food for the attendees um the i something small this is like very small but from the behind the scenes point of view um the speaker area like right before they went on stage had a little trampoline for the speakers to jump on and get some of their energy out of. And so it was little things like that, that those little moments where I could see, you know, that special care was taken um, and that there was, you know, content even delivered at the fellow speakers and at the attendees. And then the community building, of course, from Youpreneur, I think those two conferences really stood out to me for 2019.
0: So where I would like to go next is Instagram because you are my, instagram go-to guru and i have been working quite hard on instagram recently to try and do the work um i've noticed uh, you're doing a um, great job <laughs> it's not something that comes easily to me and again to anybody listening to this i'm being self-indulgent for you um i want to ask you some questions about instagram yes please I don't have instagram experts on the show that often Let's do this. One thing, anybody listening to the show and goes to check you out, they'll find, they may look at your Instagram profile and go, but she doesn't have 50,000 followers. Right. Um, And I want to ask you about follower growth and audience. What's your perspective on that? Because I get quite self-conscious at having a relatively small audience and I look at other people and it's 10,000 followers, 5,000 followers, 8,000 followers, 60,000 followers. Right. Um, What's your perspective on actually audience growth as a specific exercise?
1: Well, first of all, you have over a thousand followers, which is a, a, not that bad. You know, that's pretty good. Um, and I think that um, the thing about followers and something. OK, let me let me put it this way. I saw Seth Godin speak this year um, in 2019, and he said something that really put it into perspective and put made a lot of sense. He said you only need the smallest viable audience for what you are trying to you know put out there into the world so just the smallest viable audience that will be your team and be there for you because it doesn't matter if you're famous to everyone it only matters if you're famous to the family and what that means is you need mm-hmm. to be famous to the people that are that are that care about you and that are going to be the people who spread the word for you and so because of that, and because I, I mean, I really truly don't believe that you need tons, thousands and hundreds of thousands of followers to succeed. I have, you know, 3,700 followers or something like that, which is, some people might look at my my Instagram and they have 300 followers and they say, wow, how did you get those followers, you know? But then someone else who has 60,000 or 100,000 followers might look at mine and say, oh, she doesn't have very many followers. So there's kind of, um, it really doesn't matter, and I'll tell you why it doesn't matter. Um, The people that are following me, and the people that I'm sure are following you too, Bob, are people who really care about what you're putting out there. If I were to lose my Instagram account tomorrow, I would seriously miss those 3,700 people. Like they participate with me, they encourage me, they answer questions in my stories, they comment on my pictures, like those are people who actually care about what I'm putting out there into the world. There's no point in having hundreds of thousands of people that you can't even keep up with, you don't know anything about. And so I think that you should really, really try to switch, flip that little switch in your brain that says, um, I really care about the followers that are following me on any social media platform because I care about building a relationship with them. And have used that as a way to to flip the switch on if followers actually matter. Because I will tell you right here and now, so many of the influencers that you think have tons of followers probably bought them somewhere, or probably got them in a weird way. And they're gonna they've screwed up their algorithm for life. Um, probably they have about you know 60 percent more people engaged on their platform than you might. But really, you are famous to someone, and it doesn't matter. That number doesn't matter. It's just a little tiny number up there on your on your social media profile.
0: Mm. Okay, the next question is around hashtags. Okay. Um, Instagram gives you how many hashtags?
1: In- so on an Instagram post, you can have up to 30 combined hashtags or tags.
0: So uh, I understand it's a good idea to use those hashtags. And certainly I see the benefits when I add in a couple of really good hashtags. Yeah. Because the, you look at the analytics, or the insights rather, and you can see the traffic coming in, or the the likes, the views, I can't even remember what to call them anymore. Um, but the insights are telling me that the hashtags, the impressions, yeah, the in, insights are telling me that the hashtags are driving a lot of those impressions. Right. However. I have a block of hashtags, and I think many people do this. They have a block of hashtags they use again and again. And for some reason, those hashtags seem to go stale. Yeah. What's going on there?
1: Okay, so I recommend that you use a combination of different hashtags. So I have a method that I kind of show my clients, and it's um, what I call the 359 method. And so you want to use three hashtags that have a large amount of people participating in them. So like in the millions, um, and then you want to use five small hashtags. So hashtags that have around 10 to 80,000, you know, maybe. Um, and then use nine medium sized hashtags. So about 75,000 to 250, 300,000, those would be the medium range ones. And that's when you um, look up a hashtag, you'll see how many people are participating in that hashtag. So that's how you'll find those numbers. And so you want to, on your, on your posts, you, you want to use a combination of hashtags like that because what will happen is if you post something and you use a hashtag that has something in the millions, let's say, um, and you only use hashtags like that, the chances of someone seeing your post in a hash, in a huge pool of people using that hashtag is very slim. So you want to use those small and medium hashtags to try to get your post to trend inside those hashtags because that will guide more traffic towards your post in the larger hashtags. And it will also get more people to your, po- your post in general because um, those hashtags have, you know, action in them, but you're not putting your post in a pool of like millions and millions of people using the same hashtag, if that makes sense. Now that method works for posting, but if you're using stories on Instagram, you're going to want to put hashtags that are are really really broad and have a lot of people using them because that's how your story will get picked up in hashtags. And you can use up to ten combined tags in your stories. That means when I say combined, I mean mentions or hashtags.
0: I'm having I'm having a forehead slapping moment because I'd never thought of using hashtags and stories
1: Yeah, you can use hashtags and stories as well Um, And if you use hashtags and stories and you use ones that are kind of broad you'll actually um, You will your story will show up in that That hashtags story So like if you were to look up a hashtag you could click through the story of that hashtag Yours has a good chance of showing up in that hashtags story if you're using one of those broad hashtags
0: so when it comes to hashtag discovery, yes, and again, this is getting super Instagram nerdy, but that's why we're here today, yeah. guys. What tools are there? Any tools that are particularly useful for this? I,
1: <laughs> I mean, I I literally do this for a living for people, but I, but I do it the old school way. Um, there are ways you can. There are like apps I think out there that you can have have look up your hashtags or they'll sell you some subscription where they'll combine hashtags for you that are are great but what's really worked tried and true time and time again for me is looking up hashtags in in like the those categories you know with the small medium and large um looking up different hashtags that I think make sense for me so thinking of keywords thinking of hashtags like keywords like what would someone google if they were trying to find this post something like that you know looking up those hashtags and then I put them in a spreadsheet and then I go through and I find you know the participatory number in those hashtags and I write them all down and then I kind of make my own hashtag blocks out of them Instagram has said that they don't really like when you use the same exact hashtags over and over and over again. And the reason why is because it's not necessarily relevant to the post every time. So if you use the same exact hashtags on every post, there's chances are you could have changed it up a little bit because there are, you know, each post is different. You're saying or are talking about something different in each post and the hashtag is really there to drive the right people to the right things. Right? So you want to kind of change up your hashtags in each post. And that will help people get to your posts uh, um, more often for the right reasons in a relevant way.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I think I need, I got some work to do there. <laughs> my next question is around I see Instagram posts that are, if you take my feed for example, mm-hmm. I have the days when I launch the podcast episodes on a Monday, I have a a a very graphic visual post. Yeah. And then on other days, I might have pictures of myself. And there's a bit of a spectrum there between the very graphic and the very personal. Yeah. I noticed that the graphic posts, they tend not to get very much engagement, whereas the pictures of me get much, much more engagement. Sure. Am I wasting my time with the graphic ones if they get no engagement? Is engagement a really important measure?
1: Engagement is the most important measure. It's the most important measurement. However, it might just be that you need to tweak a little bit about, tweak the graphic posts a little bit more. So tweak the ones that, um, let me give you an example. I, Most content is either going to be enter, entertaining, inspiring, or informational, educational. And so I always thought to myself, like, I think I'm an educational person. Um, content builder like I think that I I teach people a lot and that might be what I do in my everyday life or in my business but that's not necessarily uh, what people are coming to my Instagram for because when I opened up my analytics I saw that based on engagement reach impressions all of the posts that people were responding to on my personal Instagram were all inspirational all of them so um, what happens is, and how you can get those quote pics or those uh, graphics or those like meme pics to take off is by making sure that it's something that is shareable and that someone else can relate to. So for instance, one of my most popular, popular posts was, um, let me pull it up for myself so I can read it correctly and you can find it. Um, it said it was said you are good enough actually you're probably overqualified but let's start the week off humble I posted it on a Monday everyone thought it was hilarious it ended up getting thirteen hundred likes organically and when I went to the insights I could see that five hundred and one people shared it to their story or shared it to someone else in a message um, and 406 people saved it. It reached 19,000 people. Um, it resulted in 333 visits to my profile. And so and 19,000 of those came from hashtags. And so the, what happened is the post says, you are good enough. Actually, you're probably overqualified, but let's start the week off humble. People just love that. They thought like, oh my gosh, this is perfect for me today. This is absolutely exactly what I needed this is how I was feeling and they're like I'm gonna put this in my story right now someone puts that in their story their friend goes to watch their story and is like oh this is so me I have to reshare they go to my post they share that into their story their whole circle of influence and their whole circle of people find it then they're all like okay that is so me I have to put that in my story and that's just how that keeps going that's how your posts go viral is by the amount of people sharing or saying like this is so relatable so if you want your quote pictures to get better traction they you might want to choose quotes that people say this is exactly what I need to um, tell the world right now it's something that they just cannot pass by without putting in their own profile in their own story because it's so relatable or it's so much how they feel does that make sense
0: yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It does put a different perspective on the kind of quote type graphics.
1: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes it's not about, you know, just how good the quote is. It's sometimes about, you know, that feeling that that quote makes where it makes it it makes it unable for someone to pass it by without participating.
0: So, I have another question. If I'll ask this question first. This was actually from somebody in the Facebook group from oh, Tina. and she asked how personal do you need to be to grow? Now I'm not sure if she was articulating that correctly, but we'll just run with her question as she wrote it.
1: Um, so I think what she means probably, what I'm guessing is like sometimes there's people that are just posting vulnerable things all the time and that's how they're growing their Instagram accounts And some people you know are probably are posting business things all the time. Some people are posting inspirational, content all the time it really goes back down to that those three different types of content which is inspirational educational and informational or entertaining and you're probably going to be one of those way 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 more than the others but the other two you're probably going to hit on now and then and yes I think it's okay to be personal on your Instagram posts or on your Instagram stories. Um, Especially in stories, it's a good way to give people a look behind the scenes, a look at like what it's like to be you or your daily tasks or things that you're doing. Um, However, you don't have to be vulnerable all the time. I think what's really way more important is that you look through your analytics or you look, if you don't have analytics, you look through your posts and see what people are really, really, really relating to. And re- they're really paying attention to and holding on to and see what those posts are and use a little bit more of those posts um, intermingled into your other entertaining inspirational or or um, educational posts and I think that will give her the answer like no and it's not one-size-fits-all it's not black and white you know yes you should be more personal no you shouldn't be more personal it's just really about what your audience is showing up for from you
0: mm. No, that makes lots and lots of sense. So my next question, again, it's coming back to the algorithm. Sure. And I know on lots of platforms, your post frequency really matters. So on YouTube, they're really looking for weekly. Um, LinkedIn is really looking for daily in order to sort of send the right signals to the algorithm. What's your sense on where Instagram is with that?
1: So Instagram, instead of having like one giant algorithm, basically everyone has their own individual algorithm. So it's really highly based on um, consistency. So like, for instance, um, Instagram will prioritize newer posts over older ones. But what it's going to do is it's going to attach your your, your posts to someone else's algorithm if they've been participating with you. So if you are if you message someone a lot, or if you are friends with someone on Instagram and you guys comment back and forth, like each other's photos, stop and look at each other's photos a lot. Um, chances are you're gonna see their stories first, you're gonna see their posts first, and it's going to prioritize those new posts over the from that person over the older ones in your feed. Um, then it's based secondly on interest. So how interested a follower a follower will be in that post based on Instagram's learnings about that specific person so that means like like I said Instagram considers how long you look at a post it consider even if you don't like it or comment on it so if you're like why do I keep seeing this person's posts that I've been you know um, I haven't liked any of their photos but you maybe kind of check out their profile every once in a while that's probably Instagram is the algorithm is kind of figuring out that you Are interested in that person or if you message back and forth like I said um, you might notice if you've messaged back and forth with someone a lot um, whenever you go to open up stories you see that person's story um, in the first two or three stories that's because Instagram has established that you guys have a relationship with each other which brings me to the last part of the algorithm and how it works is relationships so how close a follower is to that account um, it gives a higher ranking for accounts that have followers that have interacted with you frequently in the past. So if they interact with you frequently, then the recency, of course, of that post is going to um, matter. You're gonna, They're going to see your post more often. What really, really matters, though, is that you have those relationships with people on Instagram, not how often you post because if you have relationships with people on Instagram, no matter when you post, it's going to show up to them um, in a relevant matter. And it really depends on how often they also open Instagram.
0: That was gold. Yeah, that's really, really good. And really what you're also saying is there is a very strong incentive to get stuck in and actually engage with people. Very much so. The more you engage, the more it's going to pay back to you.
1: Yes, and I am all about, even when I work with people who have huge followings and um, you know hundreds and thousands of followers, um, I always make sure that we are on the same page about how I believe inst- Instagram and social media platforms should be used to be building relationships. That's how you make those conversions, is by those relationships.
0: Okay, my last technical question is, I see a lot of people on Instagram that are very Instagram-focused in the way they run their business is often saying something like, the action's all in the direct messages or the money's all in the direct messages. Can you maybe unpack what they may be referring to there?
1: So a lot of people um, will use direct messages to um, do a call to action. So um, to get people to their site, to get them to their website, to get them... um, to create more relationships with them. And it's true, like, yeah, the action is in the direct messages because that's where you can really build those real relationships, those real vulnerable relationships with your potential clients. Um, I I stay away from those types of automated um, services that can cr- basically automate different messages to people who are following them through direct messaging, I think that that kind of stuff, I think we're going to see it take a turn and it's all going to go down because people really just don't want to connect with with uh, robots and automated things. They want to connect with you. They want to connect with automated things when it will make their life easier, for instance, like asking frequently asked questions or things, you know, concierge type type things. I don't think messenger bots are bad by any means but I think that in the direct messages that's one of the only places other than your bio on Instagram where you can put a a link that will link out to another website so there's one reason to spend time direct messaging people the second reason is you can really build friendships and build relationships with people I actually have friends that I met on Instagram I met because we were following each other and now we've met up in person that's you can't really create some contrive something like that through automated direct messaging. Um, And, you know, those people become my clients sometimes. And I think that that's 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 how this all works. It all goes back to relationship building.
0: Well, on that line, I'm curious to know from you, because we all have role models, whose Instagram profiles do you watch and go, that's a masterclass right there?
1: Oh, I don't know. That's a hard one. (laughs) <laughs> um, I don't know if I look at any where I say that's a master class. I think I look at some profiles and I really like the way they work. So I like the way that they connect with their audience. I would say Sunny Leonard Doozy is one of my favorites. Um, she, I I I know she has a team, but she is the only person who is in her Instagram DMs, and I know that she comments back on things. I'm like I don't know how she finds time to do it because she has lots and lots of followers. But I even met her this um, over this past year, and I said my name, and she was like, oh, from Instagram. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how you know this. This is crazy because we've spent some time direct messaging back and forth about something, like, as silly as um, we both have curly hair, so we were talking about what shampoo she uses, you know? And I think that's kind of one of those things where you, you look at um, – people who have a couple hundred followers and they say I don't have time to I don't have time to message someone back on Instagram for 20 minutes a day and then you look at someone as big as Sunny who yes she does have a small team but she's still answering her direct messages and she still makes time for that because she knows that doing that kind of stuff leads to conversions leads to sales and also leads to just some really cool friendships over over time you know
0: yeah no i absolutely agree i love instagram it's almost certainly my favorite social platform Me too. it is my favorite now my last question i i don't know if i said my last question was my last question but this is my last last question obviously we're all in business or everybody listening to this podcast should be in business if you're not come and have a talk to me but we're all in business and at the end of the day we really want to try and move people off whatever social platform we're on into our world into our garden where we can actually do business with them what's your advice for how to move people authentically nicely in a non-scammy sleazy way off of Instagram into your website or whatever it is you you need to do your conversion points so to speak
1: well I think that you know you need to show up online as yourself first of all so you need, if you want to be someone that someone else is buying from, it's just like I want you to think of it just like real life. So you want people to trust you. You want them to know that you're genuine in, your, in what you're offering. You want them to know that you're there to provide value to them and to make their lives better. Um, you want to solve their problems for them. And that's why you're a business owner because you're solving a problem. So what I would do is I would get really clear about who you are um, and how you're showing up online. So ask yourself, you know, what is the problem that you're trying to solve for people? What is it that you're upset about that for your customers that, you know, that they you see the injustices they're facing all the time? What is it that you're really, really, truly bugs you? And what is that problem that you want to fix for them? And then show up intentionally online. On Instagram on Facebook on LinkedIn as the person that is going to solve that problem and I think over time if you use that and you cultivate these relationships and you spend you do allocate a few minutes a day to engaging and being part of the communities you want to serve um, that kind of stuff happens naturally it really does That's why I, that is my goal and my mission in life is to get people to stop trying to hack the system of social media and use it as an everyday tool for connecting. And those connections lead to conversions. I mean, I think Amy said that at Youpreneur this year. Connections lead to conversions.
0: Lauren, that is awesome. You've answered all my questions, including the last, last, last ones. if people want to connect with you, how would you like them to do that?
1: Oh, I'd love for them to connect with me on Instagram because that's my favorite place to hang out. Um, it's L Davis Creative, or they can hang out with me on LinkedIn. I'm, I've been spending a lot more time on LinkedIn lately, and my name there is Lauren V, as in Victor Davis. And I'd love to connect with anyone who listens to this, so just let me know that you listen to it, and um, we can talk about how much we love Bob Gentle.
0: <laughs> and if anybody's running a conference going to be at a conference what's the furthest you'll travel
1: i'll go anywhere (laughs) just tell me where to go
0: you've been an awesome guest and i'm really grateful i can't wait to see you again soon see you in march
1: yeah right we're gonna see each other at atomicon with andrew and pete
0: yeah i don't know if i'm gonna go to the conference but i'll be in newcastle
1: all right sounds good
0: (laughs) i'm joking if you're listening Like Lauren, I don't believe in using shady tools to build vanity metrics on any platform, but I do like to make sure my time is leveraged and I'm not accidentally leaving algorithm points on the floor or potential relationships. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe and if you haven't already, then join our Facebook group. Again, it's amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. And if you're a regular listener or a new listener, then I would love for you to connect with me on social media. Follow me on Instagram, or Twitter, where I'm at Bob Gentle. And if you do, then message me so I know and I can follow you back. If you enjoyed the show, then I would love for you to review it on iTunes. It would mean a lot to me, and it's the very best way to help me reach more subscribers. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Lauren for giving us her time this week, and to you for listening. And See you next week.